What's up, guys? Mitch Pelkey back again with another episode of Pelk Talk. Today, joined with my first Ohio State alum and starting forward for the Vancouver Warriors. Logan, how you doing? What's up, buddy? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, for sure. What, what have you been up to during quarantine? Man, just uh, kind of same old here in Vancouver. I was uh, fortunately my work's running like normal, so I've been busy with that. And, uh, you know, on my time off, just with our season uh, kind of getting put to an end, I've been able to kind of get back in the gym full time. And, and I've actually been golfing a ton, man. I'm, I'm trying to uh, trying to drop that score as best I can. You know, I, I kind of in the past, I've just been golfing as like leisure and, and fun to get out with the boys and, and hang out and have a few beverages. But I kind of, you know, took this time to kind of get back into it and, and really work at it. So still a long ways away from, uh, from being a pro, but it's, it's a lot of fun. I like that. No, I, I can now I can remember first meeting you this past fall. I think Coach Myers brought you in the locker room and uh you gave us a little like pump up speech before practice and I just remember being so fired up to go out and practice that day. Yeah, Myers is uh Coach Myers always trying to get me back at the the Buckeye State and I think yeah. he wanted to keep keep I think he wanted to keep me there after uh <laughs> my five years I was in school, but I always enjoy my time coming back. Yeah, for sure. Well let's get, let's start from the beginning. So growing up with your dad kind of being like a local indoor legend, you know, what was that like? You know, I was like pretty much born with the stick in my hand. It was, uh, I think I still have the stick here at my parents' place to be, uh, to be honest, just like a little wooden lacrosse stick that I had uh, in my crib. So uh, yeah, I, I was born into the game and um, you know, like you said, my dad was a big time lacrosse player here in, in Vancouver and his jerseys actually retired in my local arena uh, where we played. So uh, you know, grew up with it in my family and, you know, I started out playing in my first ever like actual league game was when I was like three years old. So, uh, my dad was my brother's coach, my brother's two years older. So he got me in there a little earlier and, uh, yeah, it's been, you know, loving the game ever since. So what was, what was lacrosse like for you growing up? Obviously not, not playing any field lacrosse. Yeah. So pretty much growing up, like field lacrosse, it, was kind of just getting started when I was probably 10 to 12 years old. And, um, you know, it's very, very minimal field across here out in, in Canada still to this day, even like it's not taken as serious as uh, indoor lacrosse just because of the, you know, availability. We play indoor lacrosse in the summertime and, you know, field across in the wintertime. So a lot of times the games and practices are all canceled due to weather and rain and snow and stuff. So, Growing up, we didn't really have too much um, field lacrosse. It was all box lacrosse. And like I said, it, it runs big in my family. You know, my brother played. Uh, he's a couple years older than me. And then my cousins all played. My dad played. Um, all my friends. So pretty much during our indoor lacrosse season from, you know, March till end of August, you could find me at the arena probably six to seven days a week. Really? And it was pretty much from – you know, if I was there during the day by myself, like we're just working out at the box and, and throwing it around and, and just having fun with my friends and pretty much go home for a bite to eat and then I head back to the arena for my practice at probably four o'clock. And then, you know, my brother's practice would be at six and then my dad's practice or game would be at eight. So I was pretty much just living at the arena my entire life. So that's uh, it's one of my favorite places in the world. There you go. There you go. So then going on to Delta Secondary School, did, did you guys have like a high school lacrosse team? Yeah, so how it worked is we actually started our own team. So it was never really funded by the school. It was never organized by the school. There was no coaches. There was no, you know, structure to it. It was basically, um, you know, a couple players or a couple guys from the, the association league. Um, you know, we'd get together and be like, hey, like, we could have a little school team. And there's pretty good interest from other schools around our area that, um you know wanted to create teams as well so pretty much like my first year was in uh, eighth grade we go eight to twelve and uh we started this team and it was basically grade eight through twelve and there was about 20 of us that were playing and it's very very like you know the players drive themselves to games you know you got to buy your, all your own equipment you know half the guys are never played lacrosse before i can remember um, probably 10 to 12 of the players have never even played lacrosse. They're yeah. just using like all of our extra gear and stuff. But, uh, you know, it was a fun way to, you know, interact within a school, you know, basis, right? You know, we'd uh, have practice after school at the park there. And uh, it was pretty cool. And, and now, you know, a lot of schools have 
implemented lacrosse academies here. Um, not as high up as like the Hill Academy, I'd say, but um, a lot of good players are coming out of these different academies. And there's one at my school now that, you know, it's kind of pretty proud to say that I maybe, you know, got that off the foot a little bit and, and kind of started that whole trend. And uh, it's really cool. And there's a, a big school in Victoria called Claremont. And a lot of studs come out of there. Uh, Jesse King was one of them that um, yeah. you know, came to Ohio State. So it's really growing in BC. And I think that's, that's going to be important for us to kind of keep pumping kids out down to uh, the schools in the States. So, so what would you say the recruiting process was like for you? You know, you said you kind of created your own high school team. You didn't really play out of field. You grew up playing indoor. How did Coach Myers kind of see you? Yeah, so I owe a lot to, uh, you know, a fellow Buckeye named Gary Benning. And he was, uh, he's about 10 years old than me. So he was one of, like, the first players from BC, um, you know, kind of to get down there into to the schools and especially Ohio State, you know obviously the Gates and Marichuk and, and stuff were, were kind of founding fathers in that sense, but um, kind of the younger generation of our, our group were to go down there and, and, you know, he was still at school and he was telling coach Myers, who I think was like a volunteer assistant at the time, or even like an assistant, um, you know, about me and, and to come back to, uh, to Delta and, and kind of scout me. So I remember coach Myers first came to watch me play and was like, I was like so nervous just because it was, you know, I wasn't even thinking about going to, to university. Like none of my friends in my entire friend group went to university for lacrosse or anything. You know, we, I come from a really hardworking, like kind of blue collar town where, you know, as soon as you're in grade eight and nine, it's, you know, let's, let's try to see what kind of trade school you're going to go to or what kind of job you're going to get into right away out of high school. So for me, I'd never even thought of, of university and, um, you know, I'm so thankful that Coach Myers took a chance and came all the way out here and, and to watch me play, and, uh, you know, the rest is history. That's awesome. So he just came out to, like, an indoor game and saw you? Yeah, I don't think Coach Myers even saw me play a field lacrosse game until my first practice at Ohio State. Uh, you know, he, he came out to, I think it was two, two or three uh, indoor games when I was younger, and thankfully, I had, like, some lights-out games. I scored, like, nine, ten goals. And, you know, and it's funny because he's watching me in this. We always call it, like, sweaty barns or, like, just these little arenas, um, you know, where you can only fit maybe 20 to 30 fans. And, and you know, Coach Myers coming from one of the biggest and best schools in, in the world, yeah. uh, coming to watch some player play here and, you know, give me a shot. So I always thought that was, like, super cool of him to do that. and. Um, you know, I, that's originally why, like, you know, he took a chance on me and I really wanted to, to perform the best I could when I went to school. Do you, do you remember that first conversation with him at that arena? Yeah, it was crazy. Like, so I remember, I can't even remember how, how young I was or whatever, but he, you know, our coach came in and he said, Hey, you know, coach, coach Myers wants to see you. And it's pretty funny, like coming from a small town, like you, you don't even really call your coach coach you just call him by his first name so like oh really I was like yeah like I got into so much trouble my freshman year because I would just call coach Myers like Nick <laughs> oh and my I, god I can't even imagine if any people did that now oh I know I, I oh. literally just call like the coach I'm like hey what up Berg and like <laughs> the, and it was like you know they were okay with it when I was like in the recruiting process because they knew it was so like I was so like new to it all yeah. But it was just pretty funny that, uh, you know, that first time I met Coach Myers, I was just shaking in my, you know, my shoes there and uh, getting the opportunity to talk to him. And, um, you know, it was kind of just so real right from the get-go. I was, like, so nervous and, and excited at the same time. And, you know, that kind of started the whole recruiting process. And I remember getting, you know, all the handwritten letters and, and notes from Coach just sticking, uh, you know, keeping up with me and stuff. So I really appreciate how – you know, welcoming they were right from the get-go and how excited they were for me to, to hopefully be a Buckeye one day. Yeah. So were you ever nervous to kind of take that first jump to be the first person in college for your family? Yeah, I was super nervous. I can remember, you know, there's, you know, it's all like you take your recruiting visit and I didn't even actually go with my parents on my recruiting visit. I, I went with uh, Gary who was going down there for like an alumni weekend and I went with him and, uh, 
you know, as soon as he dropped me off uh, to Coach Myers and Coach Myers started kind of showing me around and, and stuff, I fell in love with the university right away, obviously, going to an Ohio State football game and, and seeing how big the campus was and, and, you know, all the cool, the locker room and the, you know, the swag everyone gets and stuff. I was pretty much sold right away. And uh, I can remember, you know, after signing my letter of intent and, and you know, doing all the paperwork and officially going to Ohio State, it was, it was pretty cool. And I slowly started getting nervous each month that would go by closer to the, the time that I had to leave because it wasn't like I was, you know, in Baltimore and, and driving six hours to go, go to Ohio State. It was like, hey, I'm hopping on a plane, flying across North America, basically, and, and leaving my family and friends and stuff. So uh, it was definitely tough. And I think the closer I got to it, the more excited slash nervous I was. And, you know, I think my mom maybe had to push me out the door a little bit and put me on that airplane to go because I was super nervous. And I actually was my first day at Ohio State. I went by myself, you know, my family just, you know, put me on that plane and said, hey, you know, we're going to save our money and, and come to see you when, you know, it matters and we can kind of watch you play and, and stuff. So we'll, we'll, we trust you. We think you can get acclimated and, and kind of get to university and, and, get yourself set up. So I think that might've been even and tougher. <laughs> yeah. So when you, when you got there that fall, your freshman year, did it feel like home from the start? You know what it did because I was uh, roomed up with a great, great guy named Trey Wilkes. And uh, I was greeted as soon as I got there from his family and uh, you know, him and we were roommates. So it was really nice to have such a quality kid and a great family to kind of be there for me right from the get go. And uh, I'm sure you know, like, just the Ohio State, you know, just all about the brotherhood and stuff. Yeah. So, like, as soon as you get to campus, you know, you got guys asking, like, hey, let's go grab something to eat. Let's get you sorted out. You know, I had a couple other Canadians, uh, Mike Pyers and Brock Sorensen, who are older that had been there for a couple of years. So, you know, I think my first my first trip there, I, I went to a Chipotle with Mike Pyers. And <laughs> that's another reason why I think I signed. I was like, this Chipotle is legit. Like, <laughs> I love this place. <laughs> So no, that's, that's um, one thing uh, I do got to get credit to. I mean, like right from the start, like we didn't even meet any of the guys and we were already on a plane to go to Portugal with them. And I mean, after that trip, we already felt like so connected with the team and the trip was only a week long. Yeah, that's wild. Like you guys got to go to uh, Portugal and stuff. I forgot about that, especially for you new guys, like getting there and, and that's like your first time meeting. I mean, I can uh, I can't think of many other better places to kind of <laughs> to meet the team and, and kind of bond with the boys and I know Coach Myers and and uh, you know Gene Smith and all the Ohio State athletic department does a great job with you know as soon as a lot of the athletes get there they have a lot of fun things for them to get involved with and and to kind of keep them busy so they're not so you know homesick right away. Yeah. No. Yeah. For sure. So do you kind of remember one of your earliest memories with Coach Myers being at Ohio State? Yeah, I think my my earliest memory was, I think it was like the second, uh, maybe I think it was the first day of practice that I, you know, was all excited to get there. And we have, of course, the run test and stuff. And, you know, every interaction I've had with Coach Myers up to this point was, you know, the best in the world. And so I've never had a negative experience with him until I didn't touch the line on the run test. And I was like out on the second rep. <laughs> out of like the 20 gassers and then I was like oh yeah I just missed the line like talking about how like lackadaisical I was kind of with like how like crazy intense it can be and coach Myers was like get out love oh, like this started kind of giving me the business a bit and I was like what happened <laughs> like I thought we were boys and like <laughs> it just turned into like you know this is like a bit of a wake-up call like this isn't just hey come and have fun like we're here to work we're here to put the work in and get better so uh, that was like one of my first experiences like hey you know first day of practice failed the first run test um, you know definitely seeing like a bunch of these other players who are just big fast strong like can shoot the ball lights out can play hard and skilled so I was like wow like you know this isn't just like my little old town where I'm the the cream of the crop like big fish little pond like you know I'm just like everyone else now and uh, in order for me to kind of get to the top level I want to be at I gotta put that work in yeah, obviously, Buckeye Donuts is huge on campus. Do you remember your first experience going there? Dude, like, I didn't hit up Buckeye Donuts until, like, probably my sophomore or junior year. 
really? believe it or not like contrary to what i what i look like i wasn't like <laughs> i never really ventured down that way to buckeye donuts my uh remember what dorm you guys stayed in i was at uh baker hall west i don't okay. even know if it's still there so funny story is like i uh ended up getting my paperwork in a little bit later than i should have and me and trey actually got paired up with a third roommate that wasn't even lacrosse really he was uh his name is josh and he was from la and the only place they could find us was a three-person dorm in baker hall west so like we didn't even stay in the same dorm as all the other lacrosse players where did they stay you remember they stayed in park hall okay yeah, I don't yeah so they're like close enough where i could go over there and have my fun and then scoot on back to my dorm and <laughs> and relax but um yeah, I know Buckeye Donuts was legit. Like any time that I go there now and I bring friends with me from from uh, out of town or and visit or any time my friends start visiting later on my college career, like that was definitely one of the stops. I think what my go-to was like, what was it? The croissant breakfast sandwich, sausage breakfast sandwich. It's I'd absolutely crush one of those, maybe two, and then uh, double down on the chocolate milk as well. So do you, do you uh, going off that, do you remember your first kind of Ohio State football game, football Saturday? I never actually got season tickets for the football team. Like, um, you know, I think I was, again, like late to the party on, on organizing, getting tickets and stuff. But there's never any shortage of, like, just getting a couple of buddies and they say, hey, I'm not going to this game. Do you want uh, tickets. You know, tickets or whatever? So I remember my first game was with uh, Dan Wirtz, and he's another fellow freshman of mine, and, and we went together. and. I remember posting the first picture on my, my Instagram, not Instagram. I don't even know what we had back then. Like, I think it was just Facebook. So I remember posting it on Facebook of like, kind of like a selfie of me in the huge stadium with all the fans and stuff. And like, A, I couldn't believe like the atmosphere of being up in the student section and just kind of bouncing around and yelling and screaming. And um, it was even like more surreal. Like all my friends started like messaging me, like, where are you? Like, I can't believe that's how many people were at those games. Like, it looks so rowdy. I can't wait to come visit. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. So did you ever join in on the the Mirror Lake jump tradition? You know what? Like my, I'd always go back for Thanksgiving with my roommate Trey, and we we try to get out there as fast as can so we can come back for the the Michigan game. So I think I did it twice, and yeah, it was. I've never been as cold as that. Like, yeah, and it doesn't even like people always think, oh, you're from Canada. Like you're used to the cold. Like, no, I'm from like the, as far West as you can go in Canada. It's like, I maybe see a couple inches of snow a year uh, in the winter time. So, I mean, the minus 30 freezing cold, like ice on top of Mirror Lake, like smashing through with like tens of thousands of like your fellow Buckeyes. Like yeah. it was pretty surreal. Like I've, I don't think I've taken a longer shower in my life after that. <laughs> a because it was cold, and B just to get all the slimy uh, yeah. lake off. Yeah, I know for sure. So when you kind of got um, to Ohio State, what was kind of the weirdest thing we do in the U.S. that you thought was super weird? Uh, you know everything's pretty similar and stuff. Like I just think the some of the stuff that just throws you off is, you know, like some of the preachers that are in like the oval kind of. And like they're kind of chasing you down a little bit and, and yelling at you, so that was a little bit thrown off for me because um, it's just a little bit more different. It's more reserved here in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, other than that, like I don't know, just like the everyone's ability just to like to lift like huge weight, like that's like such a big thing for for uh, like athletes and especially in the U.S. Like because high school, like all the sports are more sanctioned, so. The, you know, you have times where you, your whole team's in the lifting and, and weight room and stuff. So coming from Canada, like, you know, I did some lifting a little bit, but it was just like me and my boys, like at the public gym, like just maybe getting a couple reps of the bench in and stuff. Like, you know, I had a pretty rude awakening as soon as like I was, I thought I was in shape. Like I worked my bag off all summer running and, and lifting is what I could. And, you know, we had the packet and stuff that the coaches send out before, but I really didn't even know how to, to do those kind of sets and stuff. So uh, I think that was one of the biggest opening, uh, you know, eyes opening experiences there when I finally came and, you know, I'm stepping into Ohio state football weight room and this thing was like, you couldn't even name a better weight room in the world than that. So 
what was kind of the biggest adjustment lacrosse-wise that you, you had to adjust? I think just like the speed of it all. Um, everything's played so fast and just everyone's ability to, to use both hands and to dodge hard and to make up those quick decisions on the run, I think is a really big thing, of, especially college across now that the shot clock's on. I can't even imagine how fast the gameplay is and everyone's ability to kind of play both ways, right? So if you're a D midi, you're not necessarily just a D, D guy and get off. You think of a guy named like Tarafanko, who's just a beast that can can do it all, right? So um, I think that was the biggest kind of opening experience for to play that type of type of way. You know, we play box across, so it is quick. But um, I remember my freshman year, and I was actually a, an attackman my freshman year, and I was first scrimmage, and you know we we scrimmaged Hopkins pretty early in the fall like I think we only had like two or three weeks of practice before we actually got into a nice scrimmage so um yeah we were playing Hopkins and it was like a full-on game and I was on the first first line midi and obviously they put me out as the third third guy in case like the ball was turned over so I didn't have to get back on defense but I didn't even really know the whole taxiing situation like how to sub so I remember like I remember the guy came off and I was supposed to go on uh, on the D side and wait for the the faceoff guy or the, the long pole to kind of come off at the midline. And as soon as I went on the field, I thought it was just free reign. So I just started running into the, into the play yeah. and went offside. And I think I, I think I did that like three times in a row and I just could not understand what I was doing. And you can only imagine like coach Myers and stuff like, yeah that was a couple I had some humble pie the next uh next day on practice for sure (laughs) I love that that. so kind of getting there like you said coming in as an attack and then then them placing you as a midfielder how did you kind of adjust to that you know I'm especially coming from you know like I said being like the big dog here and and playing like whatever minutes I wanted to and and just playing all the time you know I wanted to make a a point of like I need I wanted to play I wanted to work hard I wanted to kind of get on the field and show what I could do right from the get-go so um you know I took it as a, an opportunity for me to kind of just develop my game even more you know I I knew I was comfortable down at attack and getting the opportunity to even be in discussion to, to start and or be you know up for discussion in the top three to five midfielders as a freshman I was like you know what, I'm going to take this and run with it so I really worked on my fitne- uh, fitness and and figuring out the rules basically and, and how I could be the best player I could be at midfield. And, um, you know, I had a pretty good freshman year and, and uh, I was lucky enough that, you know, we, we had an opportunity where we were out of playoffs and out of contention. So coach Myers put me in as an attackman, uh, my final game of my freshman year and we were playing UNC and they were like ranked four at the time. And uh, I remember it was Ryan Flanagan checking me. And he was just a beast. He was like a senior and he was like six, six, like two yeah. something. Like, so a little intimidating at first, but I was like, you know, it's a kind of not a mean nothing game, but a, a game that I can show my stuff. So I ended up scoring seven or eight goals that game and, and uh, kind of like my breakout game going into the, the summer. Um, and, you know, it was kind of sweet because then I was like, you know, I think after the game, I was like being all cocky. I'm like, show, hey, Coach Myers, like that's could what you could have had all season kind of thing. Like, just kind of gave it back to him a little bit and we still joke about that to this day but it was cool because then I you know he told me like hey you really focus on your attack attack skills and you're dodging this summer work on it and come back in the fall and you know we got a spot for you down there so coming back that sophomore you're playing attack playing your position you know what, what was that mentality like for you it was just like so much more comfortable and not having to worry about would you say like overall with school and everything kind of coming back like you know the area you know the guy yeah. really coaching style yeah you know I was completely comfortable and like you said like you know the coaching staff you know the personnel like your players and your teammates and um you know just like your surrounding areas you know how to get around to class you've been to you know study tables you know like the whole routine so that was a big thing for me is like going back my sophomore year like I didn't really have that nervousness like I was leaving for my freshman year and nothing was it wasn't all new to me so heading back to to school in the fall you know I was just pumped because I was like hey I'm gonna go at it um you know I'm gonna take care of the classroom stuff because that's the biggest thing like if you take care of everything in the classroom and you're a good student off the field and 
you get everything done right, you know, you have yourself a clean slate on the field. You don't have any distractions. You know, the coaches aren't coming up to you before practice saying, hey, why are you missing study tables? Or why are, why are you getting this grade in this class? Like, they're talking to you about, hey, let's do this play for you. Let's get the ball to you here. So I think that's huge, <clears throat> excuse me, huge for guys to understand, like, getting the stuff done outside of school, sorry, outside of the lacrosse world is, is just as big as, you know, performing on the field because it just – it just prepares you for the next next steps for lacrosse. So, um, like I said, I was just so prepared to kind of get back into lacrosse swing of things, and um, you know, it was great to be an attack. Yeah. So, how does that kind of make you feel that that your your class was kind of the first class to really put Ohio State um, as a big name in the college lacrosse world? You know, that senior season going thirteen and four. Yeah, I think it's huge, and. Um, you know, we had a great senior class and it's funny because we, during this whole quarantine stuff, we've had a couple Zoom chats where we, we get together and we, we talk and um, we honestly, I was, I can show you the message. Like, I think I have 50 unread text messages right now from our group chat, like um, from my, my, my class, but in my house. So we were six of us in my class, in my house. So we talk pretty much every day and it's been like that for since we graduated in 2013 so seven years straight of pretty much talking every day and um I think it was huge huge for the program and coach Myers always you know talks back to it where he's like you know I owe a lot to you your classes you know really taking what he wanted in Buckle lacrosse and implementing it on and off the field and and kind of paving the way for for the next generations and you know, throughout great recruiting and, and solid coaching and just a great environment that Ohio State is, um, you know, it's just been a waterfall effect where each class, each senior class is setting the bar even higher and, and performing on the on the field and in the classroom and community service and uh, just being great overall players and human beings, right? So I think that's what Coach Myers really preaches, that he doesn't just, just want to make you a great lacrosse player. Uh, he wants to make you a great person and a, and a great man. Yeah. So finishing out your career at Ohio State uh, with all-time leading points at 237 and goals and 146, you know, with Trey coming up with 10 more to beat your goal record. But how does that make you f feel that a BC guy is going to break it? Yeah, it's funny because um, originally Trey, like I've coached Trey when he was younger for a couple of years and, you know, he was on my radar right away as soon as you know, I started coaching him and I knew he was going to, I think he verbally committed to Delaware at the time when I was coaching him. And I was just like, this kid's unbelievable. Like just the, the sheer strength and power and ability to score and create plays for me coaching him when I was, I mean, I was still, I was only, you know, six, seven years old than him anyways. So, but, just seeing him play and I was like I need to get this kid to Ohio State like he needs to go to Ohio State like for the betterment of this program like and it's funny because I'm like as soon as he decided to go to Ohio State I'm like I just paved the way for Trey to crush my goal record but you know I don't care because I he's gonna do great things there and he's gonna you know kill it and um you know he's done that so far and I'm excited to uh, to see him play another fifth year and and to kind of chase a championship along the way of of absolutely smashing my goal record yeah <laughs> I, I get you know part of the the group chat and my my boys and stuff is like they let me hear it every day and they're like oh he's Trey's back for next year oh you're done like <laughs> because there's like a little glimmer of hope like throughout like maybe the start of the year they're like you know what Lauren like maybe maybe like it's just a great supporting cast and like maybe the ball's distributed He's going to have a lot of number one D's on him, all this stuff. And they're just like pumping me up. I'm like, yeah, maybe it is. And I and I actually texted Trey and I was like, yeah, just try to get like 145, man. Like, that's still great. Like, maybe just time me. Like, <laughs> yeah, tie it out. I'm like, I still want to be relevant every time I come back to Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> so graduating college, getting drafted in 2013 and a draft first overall. You know, what type of moment was that like for you? Yeah, you know, it was it was pretty crazy because I actually was taking a fifth year. Um, I'd already been playing in the MLL for the Ohio Machine. Um, had a great summer playing that and, and had to come back and finish my PDP and some schoolwork to, to finish out my degree. So 
for draft night, it was held in Toronto and I was going to go, but I actually had a class that I couldn't get out of. So uh, had my class, finished it up, and I was rooming my fifth year with Pat Riffey, who's a local Columbus boy. And I lived with him in uh, my six-person house for the majority of my college career. So decided to live, live with him my fifth year and his family put on a big draft party for me, actually. So uh, awesome. we, we booked it out to uh, Worthington and got there. And, you know, his family is like family to mine, too, his mom and dad. Um, you know, Kate and Mike are just great people. And I was excited to kind of get there. And we had my mom and dad and my family were watching here in Vancouver on Skype. And, you know, we had them Skyped in to the TV and um, we were watching the draft up on the uh, computer. And when I got called number one, like, you know, I still kind of get chills at this point just because, you know, that's such a crazy experience to have as being like the number one draft pick and, and to see all that hard work that you've put in since I was three years old, um, kind of get put it all into one and, and to be able to get drafted into the professional league was really cool. And I was, uh, I was like, super excited that I could spend it. You know, I wasn't able to spend it with my family, but to have uh, Pat's family there was really special to me. Yeah. So after graduating Ohio State, taking that extra semester to finish up school, then kind of getting in the grind, you started teaching at a middle school Monday through Friday. And then that Friday, book it right to an airport to hop on a flight to go to that city you were playing at. You know, how hard was that for you? Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, just the the fact that, you know, you there's so many different variables that could get in the way of arriving on time and, and to get to practice and to play and, and uh, to get home for class and stuff the next day, like the after Sunday. So, you know, you're flying out of Columbus and because I was still living in Columbus for that, that last year and I was flying to anywhere. I could be flying back to Vancouver for a game or Calgary or, you know, Toronto and, and Denver. So I was flying all over pretty much North America and to leave, book it to the airport, grab my bag, get in there hopefully not have any delays if you're I remember the one time I was playing up in Toronto and uh, I got stuck in Detroit and so I had to stay the night in Detroit slept at the airport I think I didn't even have a blanket I had like a t-shirt to use as a blanket and uh, made my way to Toronto we were playing like an afternoon game so by the time I got to the game it was already like the second the first warm-up was already done and I'm like, I'm pulling into the arena. I'm like throwing my suit off and like just grabbing my stuff, pretty much put my gear on, did a couple leg swings, a couple high knees and went out there for the first shift. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So it's pretty wild at times. And, you know, getting older, I definitely need my solid two to two and a half hour warm up to, to make sure I'm ready to go for the game and mentally prepared. But, you know, those are kind of some experiences that you, you get along the way that kind of make you the player you are. Yeah. Do you have any pregame superstitions in the NLL now? You know, it's it's tough. Sometimes I even have to work on game days here in Vancouver. So, like, I'll be working and then just kind of book it after work to get to the game and, and kind of be a little rushed. But um, I think the one not too superstitious, like just a couple little things, you know, maybe retake my stick or, you know, have a certain drink beforehand or certain dap up with a teammate. But I always call my mom before every game. Okay. So no matter what time it is, like I try to make it so when I'm arriving to the game in my suit or whatever, I'll, I'll step to the side and, and just kind of sit up in the bleachers and the, the stands and give my mom a shout and just get her thoughts. And, you know, she's my, she's my biggest fan. So she's always telling me, you know, shoot the ball lots, shoot it, change your shots up and get the goalie guessing, she says. So you always got to listen to mama. I love that. I love that. So looking through Instagram, you know, your relationship with your grandma is awesome. I think it's so funny. Have your parents kind of always harped on like family, family matters and all that? You know what? I don't even think they had to harp on it. It's just so big in my, in my family that, um, you know, we spend like any time that there's ever a family function, like everyone's there. And it's like, you got to, like, my cousin has four kids now. That's been really great to have around. And growing up, like, whether it's Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day, like, it was always a big party. And we'd have all the family over there, and it's, you know, the drinks are flowing. You got games going and, and great food and, and good good talks and, and just great friendship with your family. And it's, it's always been like that. It, it's still like that today. So 
Um, it's always been a big special part of my, you know, upbringing is just having your family's back and then just always spending time with them. So me and my grandma, we always kind of just um, enjoy our time together. And she's super funny. She's 87 now, but she like dresses and acts like she's like 50, like just young. And like, she has all these clubs that she belongs to and she's always hip with the styles. She's always got like blingo rings and, and necklaces oh, no. going on. So she's like the coolest ever. Like, so she, she kind of turned me on to, to sushi when I was a kid. So me and her and my grandpa were like the only ones that really liked it. Yeah. And so we've always like kind of go off and have sushi dinners and lunches together. So we've uh, kept that tradition alive and I, I always take her out to sushi dates and stuff. So it's been really nice. There we go. So I saw a tweet the other day actually it said you have the strongest social media presence in the whole NLL. What does that mean? How, what does that mean to you? I mean, that's, a, that's pretty sick. Yeah, it's actually funny. It's uh, I think it was voted on by the players and I, I made a joke. I'm like, nice. I, I won the, the legit, the only like award that's non-lacrosse related. So no skill required except for just being stupid and silly on social media. But no, I think it's uh, a big part of like my Twitter game is just um, anytime that somebody posts something on Twitter, I'm kind of always there for a comment and, and kind of, I just tweet random things that kind of people like. So, um, you know, maybe it's cause I'm always on my phone and that's, that's one thing I'm trying to work on is getting off my phone so much, but there's rarely any player in the league that can get by posting something without me sending a little chirp their way. Yeah. So I saw a picture on Instagram that said one song you have on repeat is sicko mode. What's that song now? What is that song now? Hold on so I can, uh, let me bring it out because it's either Roses or, uh, or You Came to Party with uh, Too Short. Okay. Are you, you know a big that one? guy or are you more like EDM guy? Dude, I'm everything. I'm, I'd say more than anything, I'm country. Okay. So I, but like my presets in my car, like Sears Satellite, I got like two country, two rock, two EDM, two rap, like. I just let it flow and whatever I'm feeling like that day. But if it's a go-to like sunny day in the summer, sorry. Yeah, serious XM. Yeah, not a big deal. Wait, what's 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 <laughs> go-to station? I gotta hear this. I'm a big serious XM guy. Dude, I'm I'm down like '90s, like the like really? the '90s pop or like the '90s uh, '90s hits. Like any time in the summertime, if we're like out golfing or we're on the boat chilling and and having a couple beverages, like it's summer hits of the '90s. There we go. I like that. Yeah. What, what year were you born, actually? 2000. Dude. <laughs> Does that feel weird to you at all? Yeah, very weird. Yeah. I know. Double, I, every, double I, a lot of people. So many people say that when they hear that. Yeah, I mean, summer hits of the 2000s kind of bangs, too, though. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I might mess with that. <laughs> 2000s, man. That's that's funny. Yeah. So, so what's the end goal for you? You know, obviously you can't play forever. Is the end goal for you to, to kind of teach and coach? Yeah. You know, uh, I'm actually have a different job. Like I'm a teacher right now, actually. So I, I have a different job that I do. I work at the ports here in, in Vancouver. Okay. Um, so I get my teaching fixed through coaching, man. I love to coach. And even throughout my crazy schedule where I work and, and play and practice and have to train myself, I still find time to coach whether it's my um, cousin's kids, like they're just, they're like five to nine right now in that age frame. So I love kind of getting back to the grassroots there and, and seeing the, them develop. And, you know, I was going through a, a phase there where I was like getting really drained of lacrosse. And when I first started um, coaching my first nephew, when he was probably this was like five years ago, you know, I just fell in love with the game all over again, just because watching him go through the, the mix of, learning how to scoop the ball, learning how to throw it, like his first time ever catching it and running and scoring. Like, you know, I was at his games and I was like running down the floor with him. And, you know, it was just like, get me so fired up. And so yeah. I just love, uh, I love coaching, giving back. And just recently I was coaching a, a field across team. I was like under 18. So, um, you know, I'm all over the map. Like I can coach the little guys or I can coach the older guys. Um, I kind of dig kind of getting back into the older older group there so I can kind of you know do the x's and o's and kind of get them set up with some plays and, and stuff and kind of relate to them a little bit more yeah sweet well, we're kind of down to our last section here quick talk on pelk talk let me give you a quick phrase 
uh, and you give me a quick answer back. All right. <laughs> uh, first one, favorite memory about Ohio State, not lacrosse related? I'm going to go with uh, press grill wing night. Really? No way. We still do that. Dude, that's, like, that's so I, cool. I got to give a shout out to like Dan Wirtz. He and some of the boys were like the originators. This was like back my sophomore year or freshman year even. They, we were boring like upperclassmen's car to drive down there and go to that. So that was like 2010. Really? Yeah, our classes, we're, we're big into steak night. We do steak night there. Okay, dope. That's yeah, we did the – we crushed wings. It's funny because I don't know if the wings got bigger or we were just, like, just animals as college kids. But we'd get, like – me and Dan, because we're the biggest, we'd get, like, 30 wings and, like, a, a side wedge salad. And, like, we went – I go back there every time I'm in Columbus now, even yeah. if it's not, like, wing night, and I get, like, 10 to 12 wings. But maybe it's just that college appetite, you know? Just, yeah. just down in food. Yeah. NLL's cockiest player? Uh, Dane Smith. Okay, NLL's biggest hack? Biggest hack? Uh, Ian McKay. NLL's biggest chirper? We're going to shout out Frankie Scigliano. He's a goalie. Okay. Favorite teammate of all time? Ian Hawksby. Favorite Coach Meyer quote? Oh, man, there's like so many. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to get yourself a little slice of humble pie. Yeah, you get a little, <laughs> little humble pie on a Monday. <laughs> He's a big fly around guy, too. Yeah, fly around. Yeah, he still says that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what comes to mind when I say Ohio State lacrosse? Blue collar, brotherhood, yep. diving for end lines. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> GBs, one-time yep. GBs. And then last one, where do you see yourself in five years? Five years? You know, I, I give myself like five to six more years of playing. So hopefully finishing out my uh, playing career with a championship. And uh, you never know, maybe a little family. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right, Logan, I really appreciate you coming on. I uh, hope you had a good time on Pelk Talk. Where can the fans find you at? Twitter, it's uh, lshuss18. Instagram's loganshuss18. Yeah, I'm not on, not on TikTok yet, but stay mm -hmm. tuned. I may hop on mm -hmm. that. I really appreciate it, Logan. Yeah, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Go Bucks. Yep, go Bucks. Yeah, so pretty much growing up, like, field across, it was kind of just getting started when I was probably 10 to 12 years old. And, um, you know, it's very, very minimal field across here out in, in Canada, still to this day even. Like, it's not taken as serious as uh, indoor lacrosse just because of the, you know, availability. We play indoor lacrosse in the summertime and, you know, field lacrosse in the wintertime. So a lot of times the games and practices are all canceled due to weather and rain and snow and stuff so growing up we didn't really have too much um, field across it was all box across and like I said it, it runs big in my family you know my brother played uh, he's a couple years older than me and then my cousins all played my dad played um, all my friends so pretty much during our indoor lacrosse season from you know March till end of August you could find me at the arena probably six to seven days a week really? and it was pretty much from you know, if I was there during the day by myself, like we're just working out at the box and, and throwing it around and, and just having fun with my friends and pretty much go home for a bite to eat and then I head back to the arena for my practice at probably four o'clock. And then, you know, my brother's practice would be at six and then my dad's practice or game would be at eight. So I was pretty much just living at the arena my entire life. So that's uh, it's one of my favorite places in the world. There you go. There you go. So then going on to Delta Secondary School, did, did you guys have like a high school lacrosse team? Yeah. So how it worked is we actually started our own team. So it was never really funded by the school. It was never organized by the school. There was no coaches. There was no, you know, structure to it. It was basically, um, you know, a couple players or a couple guys from the, the association league. Um, you know, we'd get together with a like, hey, we could have a little school team and do, there's pretty good interest from other schools around our area that, um, you know, wanted to create teams as well. So pretty much like my first year was in uh, eighth grade. We go eight to 12 and uh, we started this team and it was basically grade eight through 12. And there was about 20 of us that were playing. And it's very, very like, you know, the players drive themselves to games. You know, you got to buy your, all your own equipment. You know, half the guys are never played lacrosse before. I can remember um, probably 10 to 12 of the players have never even played lacrosse. They're yeah. just using like all of our extra gear and stuff. But uh, 
you know, it was a fun way to, you know, interact within a school, you know, basis, right? You know, we'd uh, have practice after school at the park there. And uh, it was pretty cool. And, and now, you know, a lot of schools have implemented lacrosse academies here. Um, not as high up as like the Hill Academy, I'd say, but um, a lot of good players are coming out of these different academies. And there's one at my school now that, you know, it's kind of pretty proud to say that I maybe, you know, got that off the foot a little bit and, and kind of started that whole trend. And uh, it's really cool. And there's a, a big school in Victoria called Claremont. And a lot of studs come out of there. Uh, Jesse King was one of them that um, yeah. you know, came to Ohio State. So it's really growing in BC. And I think that's, that's going to be important for us to kind of keep pumping kids out down to uh, the schools in the States. So, so what would you say the recruiting process was like for you? You know, you said you kind of created your own high school team. You didn't really play out of field. You grew up playing indoor. How did Coach Myers kind of see you? Yeah, so I owe a lot to, uh, you know, a fellow Buckeye named Gary Benning. And he was, uh, he's about 10 years old than me. So he was one of, like, the first players from BC, um, you know, kind of to get down there into to the schools and especially Ohio State, you know. Obviously, the Gates and Marichuk and, and stuff were, were kind of founding fathers in that sense. But um, kind of the younger generation of our, our group were to go down there. And, and, you know, he was still at school and he was telling Coach Myers, who I think was like a volunteer assistant at the time or even like an assistant, um, you know, about me and, and to come back to, uh, to Delta and, and kind of scout me. So I remember Coach Myers first came to watch me play and was like, I was like so nervous just because it was, you know, I wasn't even thinking about going to, to university. Like none of my friends in my entire friend group went to university for lacrosse or anything. You know, we, I come from a really hardworking, like kind of blue collar town where, you know, as soon as you're in grade eight and nine, it's, you know, let's, let's try to see what kind of trade school you're going to go to or what kind of job you're going to get into right away out of high school. So for me, I'd never even thought of, of university and, um, you know, I'm so thankful that Coach Myers took a chance and came all the way out here and, and to watch me play, and, uh, you know, the rest is history. That's awesome. So he just came out to, like, an indoor game and saw you? Yeah, I don't think Coach Myers even saw me play a field across game until my first practice at Ohio State. Uh, you know, he, he came out to, I think it was two, two or three uh, indoor games when I was younger, and thankfully, I had, like, some lights-out games. I scored, like, nine, ten goals. And, you know, and it's funny because he's watching me in this. We always call it, like, sweaty barns or, like, just these little arenas, um, you know, where you can only fit maybe 20 to 30 fans. And, and you know, Coach Myers coming from one of the biggest and best schools in, in the world, yeah. uh, coming to watch some player play here and, you know, give me a shot. So I always thought that was, like, super cool of him to do that. and. Um, you know, I, that's originally why, like, you know, he took a chance on me and I really wanted to, to perform the best I could when I went to school. Do you, do you remember that first conversation with him at that arena? Yeah, it was crazy. Like, so I remember, I can't even remember how, how young I was or whatever, but he, you know, our coach came in and said, Hey, you know, coach, coach Myers wants to see you. And it's pretty funny, like coming from a small town, like you, you don't even really call your coach coach you just call him by his first name so like oh really I was like yeah like I got into so much trouble my freshman year because I would just call coach Myers like Nick <laughs> oh and my I'd, god I can't even imagine if any people did that now oh I know I, I oh. literally just call like the coach I'm like hey what up Berg and like <laughs> the, and it was like you know they were okay with it when I was like in the recruiting process because they knew it was so like I was so like new to it all yeah. But it was just pretty funny that, uh, you know, that first time I met Coach Myers, I was just shaking in my, you know, my shoes there and uh, getting the opportunity to talk to him. And, um, you know, it was kind of just so real right from the get-go. I was, like, so nervous and, and excited at the same time. And, you know, that kind of started the whole recruiting process. And I remember getting, you know, all the handwritten letters and, and notes from Coach just sticking, uh, you know, keeping up with me and stuff. So I really appreciate how – you know, welcoming they were right from the get-go and how excited they were for me to, to hopefully be a Buckeye one day. Yeah. So were you ever nervous to kind of take that first jump to be the first person in college for your family? Yeah, I was super nervous. I can remember, you know, 
there was, you know, it's all like you take your recruiting visit and I didn't even actually go with my parents on my recruiting visit. I, I went with uh, Gary who was going down there for like an alumni weekend and I went with him and uh, you know, as soon as he dropped me off uh, to coach Myers and coach Myers started kind of showing me around and, and stuff, I fell in love with the university right away, obviously going to an Ohio state football game and, and seeing how big the campus was and, and, you know, all the cool, the locker room and the, you know, the swag everyone gets and stuff. I was pretty much sold right away. And uh, I can remember, you know, after signing my letter of intent and, and, you know, doing all the paperwork and officially going to Ohio State, it was, it was pretty cool. And I slowly started getting nervous each month that would go by closer to the, the time that I had to leave because it wasn't like I was, you know, in Baltimore and, and driving six hours to go, go to Ohio State. It was like, hey, I'm hopping on a plane, flying across North America, basically, and, and leaving my family and friends and stuff. So uh, it was definitely tough. And I think the closer I got to it, the more excited slash nervous I was. And, you know, I think my mom maybe had to push me out the door a little bit and put me on that airplane to go because I was super nervous. And I actually was my first day at Ohio State, I went by myself, you know, my family just, you know, put me on that plane and said, hey, you know, we're going to save our money and, and come to see you when, you know, it matters and we can kind of watch you play and, and stuff. So we'll, we'll, we trust you. We think you can get acclimated and, and kind of get to university and, and get yourself set up. So I think that might have been even and tougher. <laughs> yeah. So when you, when you got there that fall, your freshman year, did it feel like home from the start? You know what I did because I was uh, roomed up with a great, great guy named Trey Wilkes, and uh, I was greeted as soon as I got there from his family and uh, you know him, and we were roommates, so it was really nice to have such a quality kid and a great family to kind of be there for me right from the get-go. And uh, I'm sure you know, like just the Ohio State, you know, just all about the brotherhood and stuff. Yeah. So like as soon as you get to campus, you know, you got guys asking like, "Hey, let's go grab something to eat." Let's get you sorted out. You know, I had a couple other Canadians, uh, Mike Pyers and Brock Sorensen, who are older that had been there for a couple of years. So, you know, I think my first my first trip there, I, I went to a Chipotle with Mike Pyers. And that's another reason why I think I signed. I was like, 